What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 42 of season 5. I'm your host, Jim Michaelbone, joined by Travis Ballinghoff and Jack Smith, who's officially back from vacation. Mm-hmm. Jack, you uh, missed a lot. Apparently, I missed the sun <laughs> because uh, I am so pasty white. Nah, I look good, as always. If you're watching us live on YouTube, make sure that you are subscribed and set an alert for future shows. If you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, so you get notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. Wow, technology. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, before we get started tonight, I want to pump our jersey giveaway a little bit. I'm going to do this now and at the end of the show. Um, it's, it's a jersey raffle, first and foremost. We're doing things a little different. We have multiple jerseys that you can choose from. Uh, maybe we'll tease and we'll announce them later on in the episode today. Uh, as I said, it's a raffle. We'll raffle the jersey off uh, during our last show of the month, which is likely to be Monday, August 28th, or it could be Tuesday, August 29th. We'll see, and we'll make sure we let you know ahead of time. Um, so now here's how you can secure your raffle tickets. Um, so you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's worth four tickets. If you subscribe you show proof of your subscription. Very simple. DM us, uh, find the tweet, um, or just tag us on, on Twitter, and we'll put four raffle tickets in the raffle machine. I'll show you that in a second. It's a real thing. Um, you can get four tickets for subscribing to our podcast. And again, show proof of the subscription, DM us, or just tag us on Twitter. Either way, just something that says, hey, guys, I need my four raffle tickets. I subscribed. Uh, or share the tweet on Twitter. Get you two tickets. Now, um, on YouTube, we're at Flyers HW. So if you want to go subscribe to the YouTube at Flyers HW, if you're looking for us as a podcast, we're High and Wide Radio. You just search High and Wide Radio. And on Twitter, our social media is obviously at Flyers HW. And if you want to make a payment, if you don't want to do any of that, or if you want to do all that and you just want 10 extra tickets, you can send $5 to our Venmo at Flyers HW. Uh, of course, all the links to these platforms are on hoo.be forward slash hockey. We say it every week. Um, so get on over there, favorite that link, go do your things, and make sure you tag us on Twitter with proof of these things so we can submit your raffle tickets. Um, yeah. Uh, give me one second. I'll show you the thing just in case you don't. Oh, let's see it. I'm going to get it. Getting excited. Again. It was really bad radio. Dead <laughs> <laughs> air. Uh, no. Here we go. Can you see it? I can see it. Oh, yeah. All right. So here's the thing. The little raffle machine. There's already some tickets in there. Two Tylers. We'll pop you in there. August 28th. We'll pick you out. So it should be fun. And, uh, you know, obviously the more people that participate – the better if we get you know enough people participating maybe we'll do more than one giveaway oh just for fun you know we have a bunch of t-shirts a lot of merch that we can give away so it's uh we can make it as fun as you guys want to make it so yeah our jersey giveaway <clears throat> anything i missed there guys uh, any social medias or anything i don't think so i think we're good all right so let's get to our topics of the episode uh topic packed as always we're going to be <laughs> positive i think in this episode at least that's the vibes i was getting pre-show um yeah i mean so jack it's been a week or so since you've been on the show um did you miss us 
Yeah, first question right off the bat. How bad did you miss us? I didn't realize how bad until I popped you guys on so I could mow the lawn when I got back. And <laughs> it was great. It went by like that. And then end, end of July, early August. Well done, fellas. What did you think of uh, Coach Jay's comments last week? Or should we not even open that can of worms, Trev? I mean, it's, I'd like to hear what Jack thinks. Oh, would I? Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I, I basically agreed with what you guys were saying. At the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be a big deal yet. Something else could happen. Uh, but it, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I liked it. Like, I mean, I like the confidence comments, like about you know about him in his game. Um, but when it came to skipping uh, Def Camp, I was a little like, Ooh, is that really? That's just like you guys said it perfectly. It was just like, just show your face. Like, just show up. Make the effort. And then people were talking about the money and it's like, dude, this is your career. And Jim, you kind of made a comment that I kind of always thought of. I mean, nobody's, you know, coming out of the slums playing hockey. I mean, you have to be real here. Um, This is a sport where it costs tons. I actually never played ice hockey, um, like organized organized ice hockey. It's just too damn expensive. I don't have the money. So if you are playing, like you got money. I mean, the, the, uh, who was it? Um, Bobby Ryan was it? His stories like the unique, really scrounge whatever they could. For the most part, hockey is known as a douchebag sport because a lot of rich kids play. <laughs> reason for that. So you're not hurting for money. Come on, it's only your career. And once you sign, you know that first deal, even your ELC, you're you're golden. Like you have nothing to worry about. Fifth pick of the draft, you'll be just fine. Exactly. I mean. Exactly. I, I'm not. I, I said my piece last week. I don't want to turn anybody off. I, I was just curious to hear what you thought there, Jack. Um, all right. So that's probably um, as negative as we're going to get, I think, for this episode. If if you won't even call that negative, it's. But anyways, Meechkov. It's Meechkov season again. KHL preseason has started. Um, Moscow had a game today against the under twenty three Russian side. Is that correct? I didn't watch the game. Um, I made sure to yeah, tweet well, out a link, yada, yada. Um, but, yeah, Michkov apparently is tearing up the preseason in Russia. Have you watched any of, the, uh, of those, Trav? I haven't, I haven't seen any of the full games, but I've been watching the clips on YouTube or on uh, Twitter, and I'll be honest, I've been getting pretty excited about them. So, uh, <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah, I don't, you know. I, I've, had a, I've had some excitement watching Matvey Michkov, our future star. Scoring some nice goals that that uh, Michigan he attempted, man, that gets me all wound up. <laughs> you know, it gets me a little excited. I, I like seeing that shit. I love the creativity from that kid. So, yeah, whatever. It's only preseason. Who cares? I'm having fun watching it. What else are we supposed to do in August? I mean, we got baseball. We have the Phillies, and we'll talk a little bit Phillies later on in the show. But mm. it's August. Right. And we're all kind of starving for hockey a little bit. At least I am like, I'm, I'm ready for October. I, I want it to be August though, but I'm ready for hockey. Um, so if there's a KHL preseason game with the Flyers, probably best prospect ever. It's okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch it yeah. or I'm going to promote it or I'm going to get excited about it. Right, Jack. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? This is all. It's like certain people who, you know, feel a certain way about this. Um, you know, the team has been the worst in franchise history, and it was for a stretch of about 10 years with maybe a 
one peak year, maybe an, another couple where they made the playoffs, but had no shot in hell of doing anything in the playoffs. Like really one good year of actually maybe doing something and going on a run. And itself has been even worse with the decision-making, with the people running the show, the misdirection and not knowing what's going on. It has been an absolute dumpster fire for way too long. So God forbid we get a generational potential, potential generational prospect who falls for and we didn't tank right either. That didn't go right. So mm -hmm. we still get a top guy through the fate of the gods. And in August, which is typically when training camp and certain preseasons happen, we're, we're not allowed to get upset about it or we're not allowed to get excited about not so much the competition he's playing against, but what he's doing, like going for the Michigan, being in the right place at the right time and crisp passing. And just he just does the most complex get out of a unique situation because he has the talent. I don't care who he's playing against. Watching him do that feels really good. Like these, you can just see he's oozing with these offensive skills. I don't care who he's playing against. I don't care what these games mean. To see him do that on the ice looked incredibly impressive and mature for his age. Yes, I'm going to get excited about that. And he, I'll add to this. I mean, even if it's August, July, or December, January, I'm going to be getting hyped up when I see this guy scoring nice goals. That one goal he scored first game of the season or preseason, whatever it was, where he's creating offense from behind the net, passes it through the seam route, ends up coming behind the net wide open back door. Like, dude, that was a really pretty goal. And even that shootout goal he scored where we're kind of seeing it a lot around the league lately where that lefty kind of comes down somewhat middle, somewhat left wing, and he just shoots it five hole, like right at the goalie's like right heel. It's like an unstoppable shot, but like, you don't really see many Flyers guys scoring goals like that, but you're seeing it around the league, and now we got a prospect who's doing it? Like, oh, it's beautiful. Man, I mean, he's playing during preseason, too. He ain't snooze-festing through. He's doing, playing his game like it's any game. It's exactly what I want to see. You want to see a guy like this dominate or perform very well wherever he plays because he means so much to your organization. This is, like, basic stuff. So, yeah, nobody's screaming Stanley Cup or anything, but, like – yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. Why wouldn't I? So to your point there, because in, in the highlights or whatever I watch of him, he it doesn't look like he's playing just preseason. Whereas, you know, a lot of the guys are a little bit laxed on defense, whatever. Maybe maybe playing defense in the KHL looks different than playing defense in the NHL. I'm, I'm not sure. But he looks like he's playing on another level than some of these guys. Like it's midseason for him already. When he scores, he's just as passionate. He's just mm -hmm. as excited, and 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 I'm saying to myself, like, okay, this is preseason, but also, hey, if if that's you, then do you, you know, you have to, I think, approach practice like you do the games, and if that's how he's, that's his thing, go for it. If for me, it's a little bit over the top, I would say something if I was his teammate or somebody on the other team, but it's fine. I'm excited to watch it as a Flyers fan. Does that make sense? Dude, as a fan, I love seeing him get so pumped up for goals. Like, remember, like, how jacked up Ryan White used to get when he would score? Like, that shit, that used to make me so happy. This is all good stuff, man. I'm surprised there's any kind of kickback. Like, it's just, <laughs> it just, I don't know. It just didn't make any sense to me, but I'm, I enjoyed it. I'm going to continue to enjoy it, and there's nothing you can do about it.
Um, so I'm just going to read through a couple tweets here. So I'm sure there's a lot of Flyers fans out there now that are following Hockey News Hub. He's kind of everybody's go-to for uh, everything Michkov or KHL for that matter. Fedotov. Um, Fedotov, yep. <laughs> um, he's, he's got some, uh, some goal or, or highlights from today's game. So I, I encourage you to go give that account a follow. We asked him to come on and he said he's a little, a little shy. Um, so he, he declined, but we did try. Uh, we have a tweet from Bill Meltzer. Michkov is most definitely, definitely not shy about calling for the puck or about directing teammates on where he wants them. Uh, me thinks teammates will just have to get used to it. His ice vision is top notch. So sounds I'm like trying- a young Claude Giroux. <laughs> you know, that's, that's interesting. Because, well, Trav, go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit before I make my point. Because I want to hear what you have to say. Um, uh, I didn't have too much to add, but I just I remember Claude Giroux, like he'd be on the half wall on the power play directing guys with his stick. And we know Giroux's best asset was his vision and his pure playmaking ability. Okay. So at first, I tried to imagine how that would go with some of the older players that are here already. Right. Um, and I guess what, what I came to was if this guy is seeing things, um, that you're not, then you need to be listening. Right. Um, I can only compare to, to my experience here. So back when I played soccer, we had this, uh, midfielder or whatever and had great vision, yada, yada. That's all the coach would say was he sees things two and three and four steps before they happen, yada, yada. If he's doing this, you need to adjust. You know what I mean? And I, I have to imagine that at the highest level, if the coach is seeing this kid see things two and three and four plays ahead of time, you need to be telling the other players to listen. I, I would assume. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out here down the line when that comes. Cause I think in Russia, he can kind of do that. He's familiar with the players. He's an absolute stud over there. So um, we'll see. Uh, I think when you join a new country, new league guys might give you a more of a harder time for that kind of stuff. Like who the hell is this guy kind of deal? Why should I listen to you? I don't know. Just from that, that little tweet, I had all those thoughts. So. That's the kind of day I had today, if you're wondering if I was busy or not. Um, Jack, any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree. The only thing I'll add is I would hope that whichever team is get, you know, getting whoever, they know who they're getting. Like each situa- each player is a unique case. And and Michkov, for example, like depending on how good the team is, I'm like, I'm probably gonna listen a little bit, you know, if he can help me with my our overall team and my overall game. And he's a phenom who everybody's talking about right up there with Bedard for the most part. Uh, I think I'd be silly not to, there's too many scouts with too much information and whatnot on these players to, uh, to just ignore it because I am stubborn. You know, like if, unless, if I was an NHL guy and I was like an all-star, okay, maybe a different story there, but it's, you're not playing in the best league in the world. And you're obviously, I'm not that prospect being talked about. It could be a future NHL star. So, I mean, uh, generational star. It's very unique in his case. And as long as he's not like a real jerk about it, I don't see, I really don't see it being too much of an issue, especially if the teams start winning. Good points. 
Yeah, great points. I, I, yeah, it matters how he is as well. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, another account that I think Flyers fans, especially if you're in the prospects, should follow is Cam Robinson, hockey underscore Robinson. He, he writes for Elite Prospects, or he's a scout for Elite Prospects. Um, he has the Michkov loves going for the Michigan goal. He did not score on it today, but he did try it. And if John Tortorella is still the coach by the time Michkov comes over to the Flyers, I hope that he does that day one because <laughs> I would love to see what happens after that. You know, is he going to tell him not to do it? Like, there's no way, right? Like, uh, I would just be curious to see how that would play out. Michkov um, uh, doing the Michigan think- day one. <laughs> My scenario, what I think would happen is if he goes for it, he better score. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Could, could you imagine if he misses it and it rims around the boards and they're going on an odd man rush the other way? Anything right. negative. Yeah, absolutely. Or he high sticks a guy or something. Like, it, you know, then it's going to be, all right, laps. Like, you know, <laughs> like uh-huh. so I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. And I, even then, I could still see Tortorella being like, even if he scores, being like, yeah, this, right. Yeah. <laughs> Either go, I'm taking. He's probably going to be. I'm taking a year off of my rest of my coaching career to get up in the front front office because I can't stand how the game's being played. So, yeah. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a uh, it's based if you win, if you winning is everything. So if you're scoring, you're winning. That's all that matters. I don't care if you bounce it off your nose and it goes in on purpose. Whatever. If it goes in, it's all that matters. All right. Exactly. There's a funny comment here from uh, our buddy uh, Flyers Johnny. Remember not to get too excited about Michkov, guys. We've only been waiting over two decades for a talent like him in Philly. Very, well, very great advice. Early. It's a little too early in the rebuild to get excited about Michkov. <laughs> right. Yep. 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 Why would you want to be excited about your hockey team in August? Oh. Sounds um, like he's um, played center in a couple of these games. What do you guys make of that? Well, I heard he was trying to model his game after Crosby as well. And then there was a Crosby situational goal. I wouldn't say it's not like he was exactly like Crosby, but it was that goal where he was front. Cause I've seen Crosby do that a million times where he's just in the right place at the right time. and has an easy, like backhanded dunk in the net. The only difference is a lot of times Crosby's hand-eye coordination was ridiculous when he'd be swat, swatting pucks out of the air. I haven't seen that yet, but he, from what he said to some of the goals I've seen, he's, already doing what he said he would do and the fact that he's eager to play center is just it's great we want to have these options with these players that who, who knows what we're getting who knows what we're going to do if cutter's really going to be a center because if he's not panning out in the nhl at center you know then you got an issue so yeah let him let him have at it it's preseason let him do whatever the hell he wants <laughs> don't mean any so yeah don't get excited if he plays well so no i'm glad like just be an offensive force be that swiss army knife you can play any position dude the guy just knows how to score like he can play probably play most positions because his his vision as you guys were saying is top notch have at it i would love to see him play center my worry would be is he big enough like i know they said he gained weight and yada yada but when you you can kind of find him, in my opinion, pretty easy on the ice because he's smaller than most of the guys out there, in my opinion. If you guys disagree, please let me know. But I wonder if he's big enough to play center in the NHL. I don't know if you can get away with that more in the KHL because the ice surface is bigger and there's more room to skate. Um, I don't know if that makes a difference or not. But I know in the NHL, most centers – 
I don't think are his size. And again, he just looks smaller to me than most players. I could be very wrong. And like well, again, I know they said he gained 10, 15 pounds of whatever. Well, I mean, KHL is mostly older guys, I would assume. I mean, it's a pretty much a men's league. You know, I mean, second best league in the world, and a lot of towns do play there, and they're typically got men. Mishkov's, what, 18? Like, I mean, so, I mean, he's got plenty of time to grow into whatever frame is. And the fact that he's already more than held his own, you know, that means a lot. I remember Rusov trying to scrape together anything out there, and it was embarrassing to read. It's like, oh, he had a, he was minus one with three minutes of ice time. I was like, oh, my God. You know, and it's like he's taking over games. So it'll be fine. He might get roughed up early in his career, but I think he'll figure it out. He's he's figured it out from a, a winger perspective for sure. Okay, in the end. For sure. So uh, what do we think happens? Do we have a Michkov Gautier one and two? Is that what we think is going to happen? We got enough wingers in the system. It's not the craziest. It's not my I, scenario. I think I lean toward Michkov sticking at the wing. Yeah. But I do like what they're doing here. Like, may, maybe he plays sixty games on the wing and twenty at center. Like, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe it will. I I kind of like the idea though. Like, just seeing if it works, seeing trying different things, especially with a young player. Um, we saw Braden Shen do it a lot, and it, it's it's kind of translated to his game in the NHL today. Sometimes he plays left wing. Sometimes he plays center. Sometimes he plays right wing. Same thing with Scott Lawton. Um, Jamie Ben did it a lot early in his career. I don't know. I, I like the idea of it. If it sticks, it sticks. Well, what do we have to lose at this point? I mean, it's it's so funny because it's just the opposite of what the Flyers used to do for years. We used to always draft centers and move in the wing. So, like, I would just I'm just used to players playing out of position and learning it along the way. So, why not add more to your repertoire? Um, and you know what? Eventually, we're just going to have three rovers out there, so it's not going to matter. yeah for sure i agree with what you guys said it's what can it hurt him playing center his His development's not gonna get tarnished by playing half a khl season right when he's 18 years old at center if it works it works who knows i I like the experiment yeah little swiss army knife oh he's gonna be a scott lawton (laughs) i hope he's better than that but (laughs) i I like i like as many uh tools in the tool bag as possible you do love a tool. Um, all right. So we kind of mixed this in a little bit while we were talking, Michkov. Do we have a problem with fan policing still? Uh, is always going to be in the problem. fan base. And, you know, is it – I don't, I don't want to phrase it how I was thinking. It just – does it seem like there's a problem? And if – it's not up to me how to fix it or change it, but fan policing, not cool. Just let people say what they want and be excited for what they want to be excited about. There's Um, nothing you can do about it. And I'm sure it exists in with like some of the best teams. I'm sort of like Tampa Bay when they're doing their run had people doing that. I'm just, you can't help it. Stupid. It's silly. I'll be honest. The only thing that ever bothers me is when fans like other teams, when dumps, and I'm talking about like buying merchandise, liking like, oh, I have a second team. Like, look, I prefer certain teams it has to do with my division getting eliminated. Um, but I don't I'm not a fan of any other team but the Flyers. That irks me a little bit. At the end of the day, 
I'm not you. So you're going to do whatever you want. But it's gotten to the point where like you cheer wrong. If you're, you're cheering for the wrong player in the wrong situation or, you know, I'm like, when you're talking bad, that's a different thing. But when you're just being overall happy, unless the guy had a horrible game and you're like, I, I don't even know. I've never really seen that situation. Uh, but like, to, like the, it's the subtleness of some of it to make you feel stupid. You know, like I was watching a Meech Koff like highlight goal in preseason, <laughs> you know, and I liked it and I got excited, you know, it was cool. And I read how hey, these games don't mean anything. I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know that. I'm glad I was informed because <laughs> I guess I was uninformed. You know, I just, I just had come away with this feeling of, oh, thanks for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and there's certain other people that like flat out, oh, these stupid Flyers fans are going to do this and do that and they're predicting the future. And I'm like, you're so angry, man. Like, I get it's a bad time, but why are you bringing everybody else down with you? Let let them do whatever they want to do. You know, like it, it, there is there is no reason to care that much about how somebody else feels about a team, especially in the situation that they're in now. I don't know if it's boredom. I don't know if it's because it's August. I, I don't know, but I think it's stupid. It's silly, and it's a little bit embarrassing. Just let. Let people be excited. I don't, I don't understand. It's not hurting anybody for people to say, oh, my God, I get to watch Matt. You're not going to get to watch this kid play in the States for probably three years. A KHL game is live streamed in the middle of the day. So if, if you're, you're working or you're working from home or, you know, you're, you're not working, you can flip on some hockey and watch the Flyers' best prospect since – maybe ever playing a KHL preseason game in the middle of August. God forbid. It's been five weeks since he got drafted. That's it. Like that's nothing. And we, it's not like he was the first overall pick and we knew we were getting him for months. Like it was a mistake or the rest of the league made a mistake. He fell in our laps. Yes. We're excited. This is common sense. We have Dan on here. I can see why Flyers fans would watch a Flyers podcast in August, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe you meant to say can I think feel like you maybe you're trying to bust our balls there, which is always, <laughs> always appreciated. But you said can, so you can't take it back. Um, exactly though. Um, and for one, two things here. I'm grateful that Meechkov was playing in a preseason game because we could talk about that. And number two, I'm grateful that we can talk about fan policing because it is the middle of August <laughs> and the topics are few and far between. <laughs> I so, saw I mean, someone said on Twitter today too that like. They're not going to be posting them links once the regular season starts. So it's going to be a lot harder for us to watch him right. in the regular season. So I'm going to get excited while I can watch him. Yep. Um, it just reminds me of this old TBS commercial where they'd be like, they would like measure the how much laughter per like scene or whatever. And they do these skits and like, okay, yeah, you, you're allowed to laugh. That, and the guy's laughing and they're like, oh, but not too much. And <laughs> That, that commercial got so backlash that they pulled it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just don't tell people how to feel. You just don't do that. And you can try to be subtle about it on Twitter. I'm off looking like a jackass. You made no point. It's a bad take. That's all it is. You just look like an asshole. You look like you're snubbing everybody because you know better. And you can like whoever you want. You go ahead and like your best favorite player can be the backup goalie for all I care. Mm-hmm. We have a comment here from Jay Grebby. And if I'm wrong... This is the first time that I remember seeing Jay comment. Do you guys remember Jay commenting before? I don't, but uh, welcome. 
Yeah, welcome to the show, Jay. Right. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Michkov looked great at center for someone who's never played the position before. Can't wait to see how he looks if he plays center all year. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. I think they had him on, on a line with Demidov, who is probably going to go top, just to be safe, top three. <laughs> but yeah. I think we could be seeing another, you know, Bedard, Michkov type thing where it's Demidov and Celebrini for, for number one next year. Um, so, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. And it's it's imagine crazy they're on the same team. Wound up being teammates. Could you imagine? I'd love it. <laughs> oh, no, I, could, I, I couldn't love. imagine. Things just don't go right for the Flyers. So, I mean, having I two know. things yeah. go right, it would be amazing. Due. I think we're due. I think we're oh, not going to work. <laughs> right. I think we're kind of due. Yeah, we're looking forward to the draft already. It's kind of just popped in my head. But remember, like a year or two ago, they tried Farabee at center with like 10 games left, and it, it really didn't work. Like, okay. Mm. That's fine. Didn't work. We can Coming move back. on. It. It's not a big deal. Don't know. Nothing hurts for trying. No, but like you talked about Michkov's vision. If he's that, he can see the ice. He's a freaking mm-hmm. Jedi out there. Don't want to play wherever he wants. That's a T-shirt coming up next. Now, Michkov the Jedi. Let me write that down. That's great. <laughs> God's gold. I like Jedi it. Michkov. Put him in one of those uh, Obi Wan Kenobi hoods, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right cool. now it's just young Padawan, but you'll see. <laughs> um, all right, so something that kind of ties in with fan policing and good vibes, yada, yada. This is where we're going to kind of tie in Philly's talk just a little bit. Trey Turner, the big $300 million, 10-year signing in the offseason for the, for the Philadelphia Phillies. Not having the best first season, right? I mean, you guys watch way more of the Phillies than I do. Um, it's, it's really been underwhelming for him. And I guess Phillies fans thought you could only boo a guy so much. Uh, again, haven't watched, but it sounds like he genuinely cares. And I guess fans could see it and they saw that he's going through a tough time. I guess everybody figured, you know, what else is there to do? Like booing him's not going to help. Maybe we can encourage him by cheering him and, and, you know, lifting him up a little bit, lifting his spirits. And, Guys, did it did it work? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it did. So, and and there were a lot of people, and was odd. Mostly were, um, I guess, credentialed reporters and whatnot who were kind of knocking that. But the vibes on Twitter from from the fans were, this is awesome. Like this is, I think fans generally like to think that they have a play in the out, they have a part in the outcome of a game. Like they go to a game. They gave it their all in the stands. They feel like they contributed to the win, right? Like we've all been there and, and felt this way. Oh, if we go if we go to an Eagles game, all we have to do is yell at the top of our lungs when the other team has the ball and we contribute for the, you know, we help the Eagles win. To, to me, fans are kind of doing the same thing here. Okay, all we got to do is cheer Trey on, lift his spirits a little bit. Boom, he hit a home run. It couldn't have happened any other any better for the how that played out um so that kind of ties in with fan policing a little bit i'm curious to hear what you guys thought of that because i think that we can implement this with a player on the philadelphia flyers now you're both i think two of the bigger philly fans that i know jack i want to know your thoughts here on this whole trey turner standing ovation 
to, to lift his spirits kind of thing. Well, it goes back to when we signed him. We all wanted him before he even signed. He fit in with the core. He's close with Bryce. He's a lot like Bryce. No, I mean, this is definitely his own entity, but he's a lot like him. And just like Castellanos last year, he's having a rough year. First happens. It's not that uncommon. I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, his his uh, his run with the Dodgers, his all and the uh, World Baseball Classic, how big, how well he played there. They had these short spring trainings, and he got off to a little bit of a rough start. I thought he was going to come out of it. Turns out he didn't. And it's really, it's really weighing on him because he is a guy who wants to be good. He signed long-term. He's a very good player, and he wants to hold his end of the bargain. And it stings. It hurts. It hurts in a way that doesn't make you mad. It may, you just feel down. And it's hard to break out of a slump when you're like that. So obviously the booing only went so far. Um, so they tried a different method. Let's be endearing. Let's pick him up. And it literally worked. Not right away. I think he ground out to first the first time they did that. But in the sixth inning, he hits a three-run bomb that takes the lead and they end up winning the game. And I think tonight, uh, the second game today, I know he had that first run. He hit a double, like a two-out double. You know, so he's already not just – did he just get one hit and it's over. He's turned his game around. Like it is the – for now, it's, I would like a bigger sample size. But, you know, for what we've seen, it's been – been phenomenal if you want to be here and you try your honest to god hardest because hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things you can do um you i have your back if you just show up to work i mean yeah there's a point where if you don't hit at all or perform at all it's you know it is what it is but he was in a real tough stretch we know he's better than this because his defense was a little rough as well and for him to completely turn it around because that's the other thing about a point he's making some great plays that game and it's been better since um, I don't know that anything. This is like a feel good story. So how you could feel negative about this. I believe the word cringe was used. Mm-hmm. All I can say is just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You have talking about staying. I could say that confidently. Stay in your lane, please. Trap, do you have similar thoughts to Jack? Yeah, very, very similar. Like to add a little bit of context, like, yeah, this guy signed a huge 10 or 11 year big ticket in the off season. We had just brought in the best shortstop in baseball and he goes over and plays in the world baseball classic and he's the best player in the tournament. So then, you know, regular season for the Philly starts and I think he was batting over 300 the first week or two. And then he went into a serious slump and he never really got out of it. And then started getting really bad where, he was always kind of like an average shortstop in the field. That that wasn't what he was known for. He was an average defender. But then he's just like he's whiffing on easy ground balls. And then like the, the thought starts creeping in like fans' minds, like, does this guy have the yips? Like this is not good. Like we just saw it a couple of months ago. Like he was the best player in the world baseball classic. Like it's obvious like he didn't just like fall off a cliff and he can't play baseball anymore. His bat speed's bad. Like, no, this guy can still play. He's in his own head. And I think you're. this is where things really stand out to me is uh, we go into an extra inning game on the road. And I'll add this as well. He really wasn't getting booed that bad in Philly. Like, it, it really wasn't anything to worry about. He was getting booed very, very small if he'd, like, have a bad ground out in the sixth inning or something. Like, it wasn't anything crazy. Yeah, it's what worse than the fans at the arena, at the stadium. So they're on the road and they lose a, a game in extra innings where a ball goes right through Trey Turner and they end up losing. 
And after the game, like it, it looks like he's about to cry. And he takes full accountability. He says, we lost that game because of me. And I feel really bad for my teammates. And he's standing there. There's cameras all on him. And you can literally see he's about to cry. And I think those two combined things. One, he took accountability. We lost because of me. And I'm struggling my ass off. I realize it. And then the articles come out that he's he's working till midnight at the stadium after the games in the cages trying to figure this thing out and get better to fix this because he knows how important he is. You combine the work ethic, the accountability, and also the human side. You can see he's about to cry at his locker room. That's how bad he feels about letting his teammates down. You combine all that, and the Philly fans say, look, we got this guy for 10 years. Obviously, it's not working. We feel terrible for him. Let's pick him up here. We got your back, dude. We, we need you, and that's exactly what they did. That first at-bat was electric, and I guess he lined out. But you could see when he was in the box getting that standing ovation, like he's nodding his head. He's got a little smile on his face. Like you could tell he, he liked it. And you know, later on, he hits the home run, the big home run to give them the lead, and he's flying around the field making slide, sliding grabs at short and throwing them to first absolute seeds and he's on a nice little hit streak now like it obviously worked so that's one thing but kind of like what jack was saying like these people who are criticizing it they don't have a clue like you don't understand how i guess philly fans work but also like you're too hardcore and rah rah no we should boo this guy he doesn't deserve our cheer and like i kind of think you're a shitty human being if you think that (laughs) way i'll be honest like that that's just like trash. I don't know. I, I was really proud of myself that I didn't get into any arguments during them couple of days where people were shitting on it. Cause I thought it was pathetic. Some of the opinions people had, but so you, you had some I, thoughts on that, I guess, huh? And you cut them to yourself. Like I, 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 <laughs> I saw, like Jack said, there were some media members. I don't think any specific Phillies beat writers, it was more people from other outlets and sports anchors from Fox 29 who you, you just don't you don't get the Philly fans and you don't get what it's like. And, oh, it's cringy and oh, it's over the top and oh, it's fake. Well, it's not fake because it, it wasn't just one at bat. They were doing it every at bat all series long. I don't know. Just some people don't have a clue, man. And I I didn't like a lot of the things people were saying, it's just that I think a lot of people showed their true colors. Um, I, I liked it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll finish with this and just hammer this home. He took accountability. That was the main thing and the work ethics there. And he, he deserved that standing ovation and he came through. Yeah. That was one of the best court calls I've seen in a while. I can almost breathe a sigh of relief for him. You know, it was great. And those are the two things that will get you pretty far in Philly. It's accountability and uh, effort. I, I'm telling you, it's really all it takes to just not, you know, you get the fans behind you. It won't carry you to the promised land, but it'll definitely get you on the fans' good side, and that can have you playing with confidence. We literally are seeing that here. The fans literally helped a guy break out of a slump. They did. 100% they did. And you have people saying that's cringy. Then you shouldn't be in sport. I'm sorry. How do you not understand that? I'm I'm sorry. I, I truly believe that. 
If you think that that was a bad thing or something that you cringe at, then I just, I don't know what to tell you. I think you're in the wrong business. So I think the other thing was, okay, if you don't want them, if you don't want fan, if you're fan police and you don't want fans doing what they want to do, what's the alternative? Do you want them to boo? Do you want them to continue being negative? Like this is a chance. It was an opportunity. And what it was is Philly looked like a good, it, it looked good for, for the entire city for fans to be positive and get behind their player instead of, oh, they signed this guy for 300 million, 10 years, and he's a bum. Let's boo the shit out of him. What is that going to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, we had a, we keep our, we hold our players. I hate, I hate, I hate, it. I hate when people say that we hold our players accountable. Dude, you don't think they know that they suck, that they're not playing to their standard, that they need you to boo the shit out of them to, to keep them accountable. Dude, they're taking three hundred million to the bank. They don't give a shit if you're booing. I'm just being honest, right now. <clears throat> so I don't completely agree with that. <clears throat> okay, um, but well, now like, if you cheer, well, go ahead. Go ahead. You want to make there's just a difference between like the Turner who is about to cry because he feels so bad, and the Jake Warcheck who didn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> like I'm just, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like there's those guys who're like, whatever. It's I'm going to go play soccer in a locker room and do whatever. Like, I know it wasn't like that at first, but like it got to that point. Well, it's really hard to like get behind players like that. But when I look at the Trey Turner situation and what I seen and what Travis was saying about him ready to break down in tears and staying after showing the effort, showing he cares, like that's all you can ask for at the end of the day, because they are still humans. So when I see that, I can get behind a guy like that. Um, I hold the other guys accountable before who cash what you're saying, Jim, who cash their checks. They just show up to work because they have to, and don't really give a rat's ass about the rest. That's where I get more with your saying, but each situation is different. Depends on the player. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was cool. And not that I want to see this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then I think it, it, Oh yeah. I don't want to say it'll be cringy, but it'll be played out. Like, okay. How many, how many of these guys are we going to cheer for stinking here? You know what I mean? Like at some point you have to realize they are professionals and they need to, it needs to happen on their own kind of thing. I don't, that's a whole nother story. Um, but I liked it as a once in a while thing. All right. This guy's in a major slump. We know he's better. How can we help him? You know, telling him he sucks every day and booing him and keeping him accountable is not going to do dick. Um, so, okay. So then my next thought was, well, who can we do this for <laughs> <laughs> on the flyers? And I think I said some, I, I may have tweeted it and somebody was like, well, we should just do this for, we should just take the seats out of the stadium and do it the entire game. Cause every player could <laughs> use it really. And I was like, oh, all right, well that's a little extreme, but a specific player came to mind and uh, I said it half jokingly because I was a little serious the player that came to mind was Travis Sanheim. And um, you could say that he's been a, in a career-long slump as he <laughs> has not produced. The way that he was sold to us, sold as an offensive defense. When I think offensive defenseman, I think points. I don't know about you guys. I know that he's a good transition guy. 
He's a puck mover, yada, yada. I'm unimpressed. Um, Trev, you had some things to say uh, about Sanheim and his mentality. You want to repeat those on the air? Yeah, well, I the the 32 Thoughts podcast, I don't remember if it was their last one or their second to last one or what it was, but Elliot Friedman was talking about how the Flyers really wanted to keep that Tory Krug trade rumors in-house because they knew how Travis Sanheim would react. That's not good. <laughs> that doesn't sound great to the fans. Um, so, like, where do you go? Like, I kind of thought, like, and I've had this thought for a while, and maybe it, it has happened, but, like, I think Danny and Jonesy or Torts or whoever it may be, like, sit down with Sanheim. It probably should have happened, like, a week after or whatever and be like, yo, yes, obviously you were in trade rumors. I don't know. I'm not a coach. I'm not a motivational speaker. I don't really know what you say to him, but it's like we really need you to bounce back and be the player you were two years ago. You're a big part of this franchise, and even if they mean that or not, maybe they just want to boost his trade value and flip him. I don't know what you say to a guy, but you hear what Elliot Friedman says about like, okay, well, the Flyers know how this guy's going to react to the trade rumors. That's not good. Get get ahead of it maybe and say something to him. I, I don't know what you do, but I don't know. Here's a comment. This is the first time we're seeing AD a verse in the comments. So AD, welcome to the show. Thank you for hanging out. All you can ask of a player is to give 100%. That's why I don't hate on Risto. Is he fantastic? No. Is he trying? Yes. Good point there. Well, that's why when you brought up Sandheim, I was kind of like, well, first off, one of the best subtle digs I've heard in a while, Jim, he's had a career long slump. That's great. <laughs> I like that. Um, Sorry. But I think about a guy giving effort offense. Like, he's tough because it's just, it's so much different. It is, but it isn't different than other sports. When I see him get pushed around by like a five foot six guy, it's really hard for me to stand and, you know, cheer. Come on, Sandheim, you can do it. Like that really irks me. Cause I'm like, dude, come on. You got to at least pretend like you're trying here. However, if he could get going offensively, like really just going for it. And a lot of that's having the right partner to make sure that they don't get burned on the other end. If he could get hot, maybe that could break him out of it. But I don't, I just don't know how you do it. That's why I thought the pulling the, the seats out of the stadium was great. Cause yeah, the whole team can, can almost use it, especially him. And who knows when he's going to have the puck or be in a situation to play well. Maybe uh, this is the key. The and key then, to unlocking Sanheim is to just, Standing ovation whenever he touches the puck. It's gonna be so sarcastic after a while. Then to what Traps does though, if he's made a glass, it's not gonna matter. If, if he's oh my god, I was in trade rumors. Wah. It's like you cannot be that unself-aware of your own game. You can't. And that, that was my issue with a lot of the players from this failed era, we call it. They never took accountability for themselves. So, like, Provorov had a lot of, like, well, you're just going to make up whatever you want to say about me. Like, I'm like, dude, at least be a little bit accountable. You're one of the worst teams in the league. Did they just take the lead? Bryce Harper, two-run shot, baby. They were saying how he needed it, too. Oh, or they were feeling it because his first game was a little weak. Let's go. <laughs> All because of the fans. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Philly is a is a market where if you're you do the play the right way and do the right thing, they're gonna get behind you. So that's all he has to do. I don't True. know if he has the as Travis was kind of alluding to the mental fortitude to handle it 
And now that he's got more negativity between the fans and then his own management, knowing that he's unwanted quotations, um, at the end of the day, just play play your game. Just improve. That's all you can do. You know, I mean, what do you think about this? Is Travis Sanheim a kind of player that's hard for Philly fans to get behind in the sense that, um, you know, he's tall, skinny defenseman, doesn't put up much points, is not very physical, seems a little soft. Um, he's, I think he's hard for the hardcore guys, the hardcore fans, excuse me, to really rah-rah behind. Like, what does he do to get you excited? What does he do to be like, all right, he just needs to do this and he'll be fine. Like, we can unlock it still. There's something there that we're going to get out of Sanheim. He's here for the next, what is it, seven, eight years? He's got a no-trade clause, so he ain't going anywhere. Whereas whereas Trey Turner, you you know that the ability's there. It's there. It just, you got to unlock it. It's He's in a slump. Sanheim, and I'm asking you guys, honestly, I'm not trying to, to crap on the guy. What has he done to show you that there's still something there to unlock? What has he done to show you that there's something there with Sandheim that we haven't seen yet? It'll happen in year five or year six, whatever he's in now. Do you know what I mean? So that's why when I'm like, we should stand and cheer and see if it, you know, helps Sandheim. I'm half serious and half sarcastic. I think it'll be funny. On the other side, it's like, well, what else is there to do at this point besides try to give him more confidence? Well, where I think the problem ultimately is, is upstairs in his head. I I really think that's what it is because the tools are there. The tools are there for this player to be successful. He's got to put it together, keep it together, not fall to pieces when things go bad. When you look at Trey Turner, the dude's already won a World Series. He signed a huge free agent deal and was being – I don't think this is correct, but he's in the conversation. Best shortstop in baseball. Okay, now you come back to Sandheim. Okay, been on one of the worst teams since he's arrived in the NHL. He's been okay at best. He's had up and down seasons, and it's looking like now more down seasons, and he may be a mental midget. I don't know how much of the rah-rah can break him out of that and make him play his own game. I mean, if you're as rattled by your front office trade – potentially trading you when you just had an entire re- regime f- ch- uh, turnover, then I don't even know how you lasted this long to begin with. This is the business. Everybody knows this, and you get over it. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him this year. I just, from what I've seen from the guy on the ice, mental toughness and in the offseason and whatnot, and just being with his team overall, I just don't see it happening. I don't think there's anything that can help Sanheim but Sanheim. So hopefully that's what happens. And I'll, I'll add, um, like kind of like Jim said, yeah, this guy's like this offensive defenseman, but he's not like an Eric Carlson or a Brent Burns where he's putting up all these points. He's a different style where, like you said, it's transition and um, joining the rush and uh, for uh, not forcing play, advancing play, and like he's a he's a different style offensive defenseman and. Like Jim said, he's he's tall and he's lanky and he he's not a big physical guy and like fans have disliked Travis Sandheim for quite a while and um 
Like, he, even when he was at his best, like, I look at the second half of 1920 when he was with Phil Myers and um, the 21-22 season, the second half of the year when he was with Risto. Like, he was a solid player at that point, but still, he wasn't, like, the offensive defenseman where he's putting up all these different point numbers. And he he, he has been a, fa- uh, a player that fans have never really been able to get behind, and it's been for so long now that – I, I don't I don't know if fans are just going to one day oh, let's cheer the guy just because it's it's been so long here that fans have been frustrated. And also, like I talked about the accountability, like. I don't know, you don't really hear beat writers writing stories about oh, after the game, Travis Sandheim said this, this is and they lost the game and he took full ownership. And, um, you know, Trey Turner's hitting at hitting in the batting cage till midnight every night after games trying to fix this. Like you don't really hear stories about Travis Sanheim, you know, getting to the rink a couple hours early and staying after practice and you know, go, going right to the right. skate zone at midnight. Like Yogs used to do, like you don't really hear that kind of stuff about Travis Sanheim. So I, I don't know. Does he, does he really even deserve the standing ovation? I, I do think there are some times where you see him, in the press conferences and he's kind of quiet and you can see he's visibly upset, but the other things that fans want to see, I'm not really sure you see that very often with Travis and Which is what makes it so hard to get behind them mm-hmm. because like, I guess what I, what I meant with Turner is like, there's something there to get behind who else give me a, who's a player on the flyers. That's easy to get behind. like um, Scott Lawton. Scott Lawton's easy to get behind. Underdog kind of thing. He was a first-round pick, don't get me wrong, but plays all over the ice. Um, he just seems like a Philly guy. He's team first kind of thing. There's skill there, but, yeah, he'll play on the third line if you need him. You know, he, I think he could probably put up close to 20 goals a season, but he needs the, the, the right ice time. Doesn't complain. Plays PK. He's a guy that's easy to get behind. Great example. Sanheim, what is there to get behind? And this is not me poo-pooing Sanheim. I'm – genuinely asking um if there's someone in the comments that you know has something positive that they oh he can get behind this he's skates like a gazelle another homer no uh trey turner beat out an infield single and then stole second and then bryson stott just drove him home there we go all right Look I don't want to wheels on Trey Turner and the effort level beating out an infield single. There you go. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. want to beat the kind of answer the question with the, what can Sanheim do? And for me, it comes down to everything you said is he can do this. He can do that. But when's he going to do it? Like that's right. the thing. I, it's been can with a bunch of other failed prospects here for how long now? Like, is he an NHL player? Yeah. Is he worth six point? Was it 6.25 for eight mm-hmm. years? Something like that. Like, no, that's a terrible overpayment. Most of that is potential. You hope he can work himself into it, but I don't see that happening. Like, it is unbelievable the contract he signed. I don't know. Well, again, Fletcher was, let's not go down that road. But the point is, that's another thing. Like, he's way overpaid. So, like, he really needs to pick it up. So I do have more of a, you know, you need to show what you're worth, bro. Like, this is ridiculous. Where, yeah, Turner, there was a little bit of that, but it was a free agent deal, new team. He had done it in the past. There was past to build off of. There's none of that with Sanheim. He right. got this deal based off of potential, and that's a problem. So he, I, he, if there's anybody I would like to get behind, 
yeah, I would love to get behind it, but he's going to have to do it first. I'm not going to choose to, you know, I need to uplift you and then you'll take the ball and run. No, he needs to show it first. Okay. Fair enough. A lot Uh, of that has to do with him getting traded, though. So there's a difference. All right. Uh, Let's move on to our last topic. Try to keep this to an hour tonight. Um, We'll be quick on this one. We're kind of going to tease something that we're going to start up next week. The Pittsburgh Penguins finally traded. They completed their trade for Eric Carlson, EK65. Um, I believe he still has how many years left on his deal? Four. Four years left, and he's comes with a $10 million cap hit. Yes, probably should have looked yet. that up before. The Sharks okay. retained a little bit and got it down to 10. Oh, they did right. some. Okay. A yeah, little bit, like 15% or something. So I have the full trade in front of me here. So just blow through this trade and we'll talk about Carlson and the pens for a second. Uh, so Pittsburgh gets the prize player of the deal, Eric Carlson. Uh, it looks like a guy named Dylan Hamelyuk, 2026 third round pick from San Jose. And they get Rem Pitlick, who's a nice, you know, bottom six, fourth line guy from Montreal. Uh, the Canadians, not as, Tyler. not as good as Tyler. No. no. I think they're cousins or something, no? Is that what I heard? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm sure they're related. <laughs> yeah, I don't know too many picks. All right. <laughs> Montreal reacquires Jeff Petrie. They acquire goaltender Casey DeSmith, a guy named Nathan Laguerre, and a 2025 second-round pick from Pittsburgh. San Jose acquires from Montreal Mike Hoffman. From Pittsburgh, Michael Granlin, Jan Ruta, at 2024 First-round pick from Pittsburgh, conditional. The condition is it's top 10 protected. I will go out there and say right now the Penguins will probably not be picking in the top 10. Um, Overall, on this trade, Trav, what did you think for Um, all teams? It's it's interesting. Like You heard around the trade deadline last year that the Sharks were willing to eat money, but as long as they were getting three or four first round picks back, (laughs) you know, and they surely didn't get anything close to that. And I don't, I don't think that should have been his value at the trade deadline due to the crazy contract he's on. But Eric Carlson's been one of my favorite players for a long time. Excuse me. So now I look at he's, I don't know him and Latang probably aren't going to be on the same pair, but someone's <laughs> going to play D pair one. The other one's going to play D pair two. That didn't work in San Jose when you had Brent Burns on the first pair and Eric Carlson on the second pair, both offensive defensemen. Sometimes they played on the same power play unit. Not all the time. It just never really worked. That dynamic never really worked. And I'm curious to see how it's going to work in Pittsburgh now with right-handed offensive defenseman Chris Letang and right-handed offensive defenseman Eric Carlson. Um, I think he's a great player. I think a lot of people are saying, like, ah, what the hell are the Penguins doing? And I do agree that they desperately do need to rebuild. But one, it sounds like ownership has said, you're not trading Crosby. Crosby is retiring as a Penguin. So they're going to keep trying to kick the can and win uh, Stanley Cups with Sid, Gino, and Latang. So I understand why they are going to keep 
trying to win cups until them guys are done. I completely understand why they're going to do it. So adding Carlson makes sense. Is it the right fit? I'm not sure. We'll see. But you added, you know, the first the first defenseman to score 100 points since Brian Leach in 92, 93. Like, that's a significant upgrade. Um, you counter that. You added Riley Smith. You got rid of Jeff Petrie. You got rid of Mikael Granlin. Like, a lot of pretty good off there. pretty good off season for the Penguins. Oh yeah. Um, was it the right move? We'll see. Talked about the Sharks a little bit. I don't love their return. You got a first round pick that's not top ten protected. I mean that is top ten protected. Excuse me. Okay. Um, you got. Give me that trade again. You got Jan Ruda, good third pair defenseman. I like him, but okay, yeah. the rebuilding Sharks are probably going to flip him at the deadline. Maybe you, you get a Hoffman, third for him. And that was it. Right, Hoffman, get, Granlin, Ruda in that first. You get uh, Granlin, who I'm not sure how many years he has left, but that contract's really bad. and He's not what he used to be, that's for sure. Right, he used to be a damn good player. Uh, he's kind of a liability at this point, five on five. We'll still put up points because he's he's got a good shot on him, good good wrist shot. He's He can make some quick passes in front that the analytics community – you're not going to get rewarded for that. He still does have skills to pull off plays like that, um, but he's not going to generate enough chances, and he's not going to play good enough in the D zone, in my opinion, for that to all work out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you combine that with the contract. It's making $5 million for the next two seasons. That, that's not pretty. So you're going to have to retain on that, and you're probably going to have to wait a year or so to trade him. Um who was the Sharks GM when they were handing out these long-term insane contracts? Like Doug Wilson. Oh my God, dude. Like Logan Couture is signed for four more years at 8 million at 34 years old right now. Mark Vlasic, Edward Vlasic signed for three more years at 36 for seven. That's a rough million. one. And they have all these, they have like, and four the Burns contracts. contract looked bad for a while. Dude. So they're paying, Burns is on the books for two more years at 2.7. Carlson's on the books for four more years at 1.5. Apparently, they bought out Martin Jones. See, he's on the books for 2.9 this year and 1.6 for the next three after that. So, four more years. Like, what the hell has been going on over there? It, th- it, it looks think- like you could see their plan now, obviously, is, you know, short term, uh, yeah. cheap contracts, which very smart because they're totally screwed for. A little while. Like you you kind of hear this every now and then, but it's like, okay, well, I'll sign this guy to eight years because I'm not going to be there by year six, seven, and eight. So what the heck do I care? Mm. They were just trying to keep that cup window open as long as they could. And I I don't even know if they made the playoffs with Carlson, maybe that first year. And that, that was it. Maybe like it it really just didn't work. Yeah. It was was rough. Cause I think the pick Ottawa had, from them that first year was pretty high. I forget who they drafted with it, but I hope this is the Penguins, the Sharks contract mm-hmm. situation in a couple of years because, yeah, you go for broke. I mean, Marlowe and Thornton, I'm not even sure if Marlowe was still there at that point because I know he had his Toronto stint. Um, they were doing, they were just trying to go for it. <laughs> they went, went for broke. And I see that here. You got Carlson at 33 now with Pittsburgh 10 mil. Crosby 36 at 8.7 and Malkin and Latang both 37 years old. Malkin 7.1, Latang 6.1. I mean, you got roughly $32 million tied up in four players. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and I do agree with what Trav said about their offseason. The only thing I'll add is I did not like what they give Jari. I am If he's healthy, he'll be better. But I don't by any means think he's – they're going to be looking at goaltending at the trade deadline. What they I end mean, up giving him? I, I, I must have missed that. What they get? What they end up giving? Five him? years. Five years at five or six. Like, I, I personally think Jari's a little underrated. I think he's had some injuries, and there was that one playoff against the Islanders where he was leaky as all hell. I, I don't know if that's the Jari we'll, we'll always see. I, I don't know. I'd like to see a bigger sample size. I think he gets a bit of a bad rap, but you add that with the injuries. I don't know yeah. if they should have gave him that contract. Injuries are definitely more of an issue, and they don't have the Smith now. So if he goes down, who's their goal? Like I can still – I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they have the assets or what, but if Gibson's still in Anaheim come trade deadline – they, I don't know what they have left to trade, but they might try to swing something. I think that's going to ultimately, I mean, sure, I could be proven wrong, but even if he does play well, he could get hurt. Like, they're, it's going to be really interesting. And typically, you don't see this work out with San Jose being a perfect example. Everybody's just so old. Malkin does not look the same. But Tang did pretty, pretty well. Crosby's Crosby. Carlson obviously was fantastic, but new team, new system, new everything. So I, I don't. I really don't know. I obviously hope it fails and they wind up with all these ridiculous contracts for whatever. But um, I, w- I wasn't surprised. But, man, if it doesn't work this year, it's only going to get harder and harder. I, I do think it's pretty noteworthy as well that they were able to free up three million cap with that trade. Even despite getting Carlson at 10 mil, you were able to get rid of Jeff Petrie's contract. And you were able to get rid of uh, Mikael Granlin's contract. Like, I don't know. It, the The big thing for me for Pitt in this trade is how Latang and Carlson work together. But I, I think it's a pretty damn good trade for Pitt. Now, I still don't like their bottom six at all. But I don't know. For this trade alone, I like it for Pitt, unfortunately. I mean, hopefully, I like it, hopefully it doesn't for, work, though. I liked it a lot for San Jose at the time, too, uh, when they acquired. So uh, did I, yep. So I don't. I just don't know. I'm not going to pretend to say it's going to turn out the same way. I just see a lot of mo- it's all on these guys. I mean, it really is. And when if they had a better, in my opinion, more stable goaltending situation, I feel better about it. But I'm really curious how this is going to go. And you would assume that a prospect pool would supplement the bottom six, but they don't have that because they're trading all the picks, which I understand. So I mean, time will tell. That's letting, for sure. Letting Jason Zucker walk. Just for a one-year deal for him to go to Arizona, I think it's a mistake by them. They I used need, to love uh, Zucker. They Sorry. need they need more piss and vinegar guys like him, and he had just lost one. You need more guys like him. <laughs> I don't know. Eric Wisniewski hanging out for the show. Eric, good to see you again. Can't wait to see the Penguins suck for 10 years. Hope so. Yeah, it's going to be nice. The Penguins better pray in 10 years. Bettman is still the, somehow the commissioner because it's the only way they're going to be good again. <laughs> Oakland, chiming in here. Yo, yo, what's up, folks? Sorry I'm late. No worries, buddy. And we have an off topic. Well, this was one of our topics, but we kind of failed to get to it tonight. We have a couple minutes left, so we'll touch on it real quick or maybe tease it. This is from Jay Grebby again. Off topic, but odds heart is still on the Flyers opening night. Odd timing on Urson extension if he's only going to be back up. So I'll say heart will be on the flyers will he be on the roster i don't know they can't i don't think they're gonna cut him or i I don't know what's gonna happen with that number one so let me just say that 
he, he could not get anything. Like, nothing. We were supposed to learn the results, I think is what you call this, of the investigation. A couple weeks ago, they said mm-hmm. July. It's yeah. August 8th. Then everybody thought, oh, long weekend. This is the perfect time to put out really shit news. Didn't come out. I don't know what's going on. I haven't. There hasn't really been anything new that's been whispered or passed along. Don't know. But if you pay attention to what the Flyers are doing, which is, you know, pretty good dot connecting for Jay here, Flyers are covering their butts just in case. In my opinion, if they were confident Hart's name was going to be cleared, this is just my opinion, I'm assuming. They would say, we don't have to worry about bringing over Fedotov now. We don't have to worry about extending Ursan. We'll get to that when the time comes. We can send down, you know, whatever. The moves that they're making do not back up to me that they're confident that Hart will be cleared. To me, they're covering their asses. Okay, in the event that something does happen with Hart, who's in the last year of his contract this season, let's sign Ursan for two more years. He signed for this year already. Let's sign him for mm-hmm. two. We have him for three in the event that we do need him playing a lot of games with the Flyers in the future, in my opinion. Um, he's the of, – of Cal Peterson, Felix Sandstrom, and Sam Urson. Urson has signed the longest. I think Peterson's here for two more years, this, this season and next. Not that anyone's expecting anything from Peterson. But Urson uh, has the longest contract at the moment. Uh, Eric has a question real quick on Fedotov. Uh, Eric, we, we talked Fedotov uh, last week. There was more developments last week. If you want, go back and listen to that episode. We would appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit of Fedotov uh, last week there. Guys, anything that you want to touch on with the whole Arison signing? Well, I, I love the Arison deal because – whether Hart's here or not, I think this guy's going to play a lot of games. Yeah. If Hart is on the opening night roster, I think Sam Harrison is on the opening night roster as well, and uh, Cal Peterson's the odd man out. Listening to Danny and Torts talk last season, they say this guy's one of the better top 30 goalies in the league already. Like They think this guy's an NHL goalie. So unless he had a really crappy camp, I think, he was, I think he's going to make the roster, whether Hart's here or not. Mm. And like you said, he has a year left on his deal. So you didn't have to sign him until next offseason. But I like the idea of getting getting it done one year early because mm-hmm. I think he's going to play a lot of games. I'm very high on Sam Harrison, and I think he's going to be a good goalie, and you have him at a low cap hit for the next three years. I, I, I really like it. Yeah, I love it. Well, you know this organization was high on him going back a couple of years. Um, he kind of showed, raised some eyebrows this year to say why that was. And if Hart's not here, whether it's suspension, trade, or whatever, uh, it's Ersan's the guy. That's the way I look at it. Looking at talent and future wise, and he's the guy. This is great. I'm glad they did it. And he could well, he could be the starter going forward for all we know. And I mean that is in a couple of years. So we'll we will see. But I'm definitely happy about it. Yeah, it's a little weird. And I had to catch myself the other day because I, I was. And again, nothing's happened, nothing's come out, but I was very tied to the fact that Carter Hart was our goalie of the future. When the Flyers yeah. were good, he would be the guy. Mm-hmm. He would be the goalie. Like Those were the visions that I was seeing. I imagined all this. 
And uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm trying to come to the, come to terms with the potential of that not being the case is all um, without implying anything that it could be Sam Ersan or it could be somebody else. It may not be Carter Hart. Um, so that's all. Um, I don't know, we have a comment here. I just want, I was reading through it for a sec. Uh, from Oakland. I think they gave Sam the contract. So when they acquire Jack Campbell to make the money work for hard, it gives Ersan <laughs> <laughs> insider. <laughs> Go into uh, Cal Peterson a little bit. Like, let's say Hart is here, because um, that's as of right now he is. I think best case scenario is you send Cal Peterson to the minors. Hopefully, he gets his confidence back. He kind of dominates up there or down there. Excuse me. Maybe an injury happens. You call him up. He carries that confidence into the NHL. Plays well. Maybe you retain salary and flip him for a pick. I would love that. That, that would be much later down the line, right? You need him to play well and have his confidence back and go back to the goalie he was a couple of years ago. But, I mean, that would be best-case scenario. Yeah, he would really – what's he signed for two more years? Yeah. But he'd really have to shine for him to get moved this year. Mm-hmm. But my hope is either this next offseason or deadline. I, you know, it's hard to see somebody acquiring a goalie who has another year at five mil. You know, so it, if he played well enough, it's not out of the realm. Uh, that would just be really best case. So that would be great, actually. That would be that would make Briere look really smart. <laughs> For sure, their their butts are definitely covered when it comes to who's going to play goalie. Yeah, first um, time ever. Yeah. Okay, boys. Anything else before we wrap up episode forty-two of season five? Do we miss anything? I don't think so. You episode think if, 42, who's that? The Jason Ackerson episode? Yep. Jackie Robinson. There we go. <laughs> That's yeah. the first guy I thought of, too. Uh, okay. Sounds like we're done here. I want to thank all of our guests. And wait, one more question. Chris, Chris, next one in at the buzzer. Any word on if Andre can play for Phantoms or if he has to go back to Sweden? In my mind, I had him pay for playing with the Phantoms. Is he 20 years old yet? Let's check. I'm almost positive he's going to be with the Phantoms. Cat Friendly has him with the Phantoms. It, let me just see if I can look up his age real quick. I, I thought he was going to be in Flyers camp. He oh, signed to a yeah, three-year deal with the Flyers, ELC. So I Yeah, I, I did see this being speculated. There. I don't know. Does he have a contract over in the SHL? Oh, if, if that's the case. Yeah, then. if that's the case then it could be Flyers or Sweden and no Phantoms. I'm not completely sure. He's 21, so he could play for the Phantoms. I guess it just comes down to whatever his contract is. I have him penciled in with the with the Phantoms. That's what I had read before, and that's what I still have. I don't know who Tom Ace is on Twitter, but thank you for retweeting the raffle tweet. Um, Tom. Yeah, we'll have to – Figure that out, I guess. So Oakham answers here. He'll have to be loaned back to the SHL. So there you go. You're right. Okay, that's interesting. Wonder if he can get out of that. I would. I think that's what Jay is saying in the comments. If he does have a transfer clause, and he's NHL ready, I think that they could work that out. Yeah, I don't think think that's how that works. NHL, where it's like you know, we're gonna kill your family if you don't come back. Right. Too soon. I think Swedes are nice. It's always too soon with Russia. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, good. Great stuff there. Yeah, great question. We'll have to find out the answer on that for sure. And uh, I already jotted it down. Topic for next episode. Thanks a lot for that one, Chris. Um, sneaking that in at the buzzer. Good stuff there. Uh, yeah, I want to thank all the listeners and commenters and viewers real quick. Dan, Jay, Chris, Dave, AD, Oakham, uh, Eric. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us. You, uh, you yes, guys sir. make this fun. So one more time, I just want to make sure if you guys missed our little part about our jersey raffle, uh, we're going to pump it again. We're having a jersey raffle. We're doing things a little different. We'll have multiple jerseys for you to choose from. Uh, we'll likely raffle the jersey off during our last show of the month, which, which will be probably be Monday, August 28th. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get you four tickets at Flyers HW. You're on here now. Um, show proof of subscription. Just tag us on Twitter. Um, or if you're on Facebook, it's the same thing at Flyers HW. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Get you four tickets. Again, show proof. Uh, follow on the podcast. High and Wide Radio. Uh, sharing the tweet on Twitter or Facebook, as long as we're tagged in it, gets you two tickets. Or you can just buy 10 tickets for five bucks, uh, make a payment to our Venmo at Flyers HW. All of those links are in one place, guys. HOO.BE forward slash hockey makes it extremely easy. Go to that one link. You can find everything you need there. Just make sure you tag us uh, with a picture of whatever you subscribe to. And we'll pop your raffle tickets right into the machine. You have a chance for 20 tickets. Spend five bucks, you get a jersey. These things are 100. How much are these things these days, Trav? 200 bucks for a jersey? 240, I think. 230? 240. We'll show the jerseys on a show later this month. There's multiple jerseys. So you have your pick. We're going to make it fun. You guys deserve it. We have the best listeners uh, in the city. And we want to give back to you guys. We want to do something fun. Uh, if we get enough people, we'll give away some T-shirts, some merch. Uh, we like to do fun things here. So, all right, without any further ado, we're going to wrap up the episode. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Peak Coolers. That's a good one. <laughs> good one, guys. <laughs>